some negative sentiment on the fuel oil market and a 5% drop that we need to discuss. All this and more on Freight Up. Today, you'll be getting an update by who is likely my favorite person in this office, Ricky Foreman from our fuel oil desk and by our head of business development, Carrie Deal. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And if you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Now, on to the show. Up first, your fuel oil update with Ricky Foreman. All right, Ricky. So welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me in. Of course. Our listeners very much know and love the office backstreet boy, Archie Smith. So can you introduce yourself to them and maybe talk about your musical repertoire of choice in the office? Oh, well, I'm not sure Archie was born when they came out. Um, (laughs) I would have said Backstreet Boys was more my era, to be honest. I grew up pretty much in the 80s, so I was always Michael Jackson, Madonna, and those types of guys. Oasis obviously came through, who were massive. But yeah, you've really really thrown me with the Archie comments, to be fair. (laughs) To be fair, you've really thrown me with your musical library, because I've only ever heard you sing Dr. Dre or One Republic in the office, so... I try to uh, keep it down with the kids, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ricky, how long have you been trading oil? I've been with FIS. I've been on the desk now probably for about eight years. So it's uh, it's been a while. It's great fun. I'd like to believe we do a good job and we service our clients as best as we can. What's going on in the market? Well, there's a few things going on, obviously. We've come back in after the long weekend. Unfortunately, most of the news is negative. (laughs) It's not been great. Uh, Obviously, we've had the stories and issues of concerns over the banking sectors in the States with First Republic Bank having to be bailed out by JP Morgan. That's led to wider concerns over the entirety of the banking system and has caused, you know, various shockwaves in the market and a bit of uncertainty. Obviously, it's also Golden Week. Majority of Asia's out, so volumes in the market have been thin, but they still published the manufacturing data, I believe, on Monday. Obviously, when the UK was off, that data came in worse than expected. So by the time everyone's come back into the market on Tuesday, you know, with the events of the banking issues over the weekend and, and the Chinese data coming in worse than expected, it kind of set the tone for the week, really, in being relatively negative. So, Ricky, the big headline today a 5% drop. What's going on? Can you walk us through what happened there? I mean, obviously, it's the first day the um, European guys have come back into the market, and I think they've really just taken to digesting the information that came out from the weekend. Had the banking crisis in the US, obviously, JP Morgan had to step in and take over First Republic Bank. I think there's concerns about the looming interest rates as well that are going to be coming out from the Fed today, uh, with the expectation of them going higher, as well as the UK as well as the manufacturing data that we had from China that came out on Monday, which again, the markets digested as unfortunately missing targets and being quite negative. So we've come in, the markets basically on the Brent side of things has dropped 5% on the day, which is a significant move. This has obviously led into market coming off again today. We're not quite off 5%, we're like a percent and a half off. But in terms of Brent levels, we have moved down from 75, which was yesterday, and we're trading around 73 and a half today. That's quite the significant jump. So given this drastic drop, are you seeing any changes on your side? 
obviously it's always two pronged, right? I mean, when the market drops like this, you're always going to get people coming in and looking to cover their positions when they're coming from a specifically a hedging point of view only. Obviously, we try and track things that are open on the exchange as well. And the so-called smart money, which are your funds and counterparties like that, previously they were net long oil, but we've started to see them reversing that position, trending out of that, selling down. And obviously this is adding to the momentum of the, the downturn in the market. So where they were long previously in the last couple of weeks, we're now seeing that they're actually taking on more short positions. It would seem that the market sentiment is quite negative at the moment. Do you foresee that changing in the coming week? It's a good question. I think the honest answer is no. I think it's going to stay the same this week. I don't expect there to be any real fireworks to the upside, purely because it is golden week. So we've got a lot of the the planet off, shall we say. So the market is thin. I think if we look to next week when everyone's back in the office and looking to trade, we'll see volumes tick up. And I think that will be a much more comprehensive guide as to where we expect the trends to then follow for next week. So for this week, I I don't see there being much change. I think it's still going to be very negative, hovering around those support levels, 72, 71 maybe on the Brent, which is indicated by the technical analysis that we do. But next week, anything can happen. It's a market that can change on a sixpence. We might see OPEC make another announcement. They might look to cut further production just to try and and buoy the rates like we saw them in the beginning of April. It was a shock. They made the announcement over the weekend and then obviously the market ticks up. So we can never rule out that kind of behaviour from OPEC. But as it stands, I'm sticking with this week negative, next week possibly a little bit more positive. You believe that next week will be a lot more telling as far as long-term implications for the market, or at least medium-term implications for the market. Yeah, I I think so. I I think it's too much emphasis is made on these weeks when you don't have the entire globe trading. And I think it's dangerous to make those assumptions when volumes are substantially lower than what they normally are. I just think you have to be careful about doing the analysis on that. What is your one key takeaway for anyone listening? I think this week, expect the trend to continue negatively. I think I'm naturally quite a risk adverse person. So when it comes to the market, I'm always a person that just believes in hedging and then moving on. So I don't like playing the volatility in the market. We have no control over it and we have no control over what others do as well. So where you have exposure, it's always your call. But I would personally, I would hedge and move on, cover it and be nice and safe and sleep well at night. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Ricky. Now it's time for your freight update with our head of business development, Carrie Deal. Well, thanks, Fernanda. And what a difference a couple of weeks make in that market. The Cape finally found some decent support over the past week with increased activity in the Pacific Basin leading the way. Healthy C5 West Aussie to China inquiry sent rates up to a peak of over $9 per metric ton before rates bit over the long weekend last weekend to slip down to $8.76 by yesterday. Now, this is not purely being driven by iron ore. As we discussed the other week, it's actually quite hard for China to consistently increase iron ore imports very dramatically, given the very, very high level of blast furnace utilization we see already at Chinese mills. I suspect we are seeing the effects of improved thermal and coking coal exports to China, especially coming out of East Australia, which is helping to lift those Pacific rates. C3 Brazil to China also saw a bit of an uptick, hitting a peak of close to $23 per ton at the end of last week, again weakening marginally at the beginning of this week to back to the mid-22s so far. 
The North Atlantic market has probably been the big surprise, getting a lot healthier after many weeks of seeing very little inquiry. The increase in the cargo list saw rates on the front hull fixing at mid-high 30,000s per day based on loading at Seven Islands. Interestingly, the paper has not necessarily bought the story of the recovery on physical. And after seeing some initial gains, we saw quite a bit of selling on those Cape futures on Tuesday and yesterday, driven by both profit-taking and by jitters about how sustainable those higher rates are. June Cape 5TC paper pricing at 20625 as of Wednesday morning on FIS Live. That's down from a peak of 21250 still well above the 19000 It was marked last Wednesday. Q3 marked at 19875 The Panamaxes have been in, frankly, somewhat of a stupor, with rates flat to drifting on physical. Although we saw rates weaken in the North Atlantic last week, that market has now stabilized with some fresh inquiry out of North Coast South America. And TA rounds are marked at 12,500 at the moment. Rates on that front hole ranging from 23,500 to 24,000. East Coast South America remains very slow, with little fresh chartering activity following a long weekend. With China on Golden Week, we would not have expected much activity in the East, and that has certainly been the case with NOPAC rounds hovering around 12,500, Indo India trips in region 11,000 based delivery South China, very, very limited activity. Panamax paper has been lackluster too, drifting off this week together with the Capes. June 4TC paper marked 14,275 as of Wednesday on FIS Live, while Q4 at 14,425. Well, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't already, make sure that you're following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Join us again next week as we continue to navigate the world of freight and commodities. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, make sure to email us at freightup at freightinvestor.com. That's freightup at freightinvestor.com. Talk soon. Freight up.